You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Raider Nation, it is Tuesday. That means we're one day closer to the Raiders' next matchup. Welcome back to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. I am Scott Branson. Make sure you subscribe to the show for us. If you're listening on audio, subscribe on your favorite platform. doesn't matter where you get the show. Do that. Drop us a five-star rating. If you're watching us on YouTube, as many of you do, then go ahead, hit subscription, yes. But you also have to hit notifications. That way you get a little ding every time we uh, premiere a show, and you don't want to miss out on that as well. Now, I don't do this show alone. No, I rely on my good friend, and that is Mr. Mo Moten. He is an NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist over at SportsNot.com, and he joins me now. And Mo, okay, so we last talked late into the wee hours of the morning, actually, after the Raiders game into Friday morning, um, after the the Hall of Fame game, uh, and we talked about the offensive line, we talked about all sorts of things, and we needed some more time to digest to watch the rewatch the game again, and we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to start off with the subject I think that is um, getting too much play, uh, and a lot of people are getting uh, emotional about it and all sorts of things, and that of course was the idea that Josh Jacobs could be traded, which is not true, uh, all born out of the fact, Mo, that he played significant snaps in a preseason game. What do you make of this? Why are people misreading the situation with Josh Jacobs? Uh, two things here. Some of the rational people are connecting the dots because the Raiders didn't pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. They drafted Zamir White. So it looks like Josh Jacobs is going to be on his way out and Zamir White is going to be the future at that position. And then you have the people who are out there who are out there for clicks. And, if, and me being in this field, I understand that trade articles generate a lot of clicks. When you have a rumor, people want to read the rumor. What's going on? You know, What's the latest? And people went that route and said, oh, maybe the Raiders are going to trade Josh Jacobs after playing him two series in the Hall of Fame game. And Josh McDaniels, I'm sure you have the sound. Josh McDaniels addressed that in the post game. I wrote an article on Sports Not saying basically – this is standard operation for Josh McDaniels. I believe he did this with the Patriots. All the running backs are 
are going to play in these preseason games. He just wants to get, get a look at all those guys. And he also said, again, we're going to have the sound to this, that basically you, there are things that you can do in the game that you cannot simulate at practice for, for the right. running back position. And that's why all his guys got to touch the football. Yeah, this is not, as I said, uh, I think to somebody on Twitter after the game, this is not resort-style training camp. This is not kid gloves. This is not John Gruden. I'm sorry. John Gruden kind of liked to play it up a little bit, you know, sipping margaritas by the pool. That's not what this is. Uh, but it's important, too, because the facts are there. They asked the question, the media pool asked the question after the game about why Josh Jacobs played so much. Here's what Josh McDaniel said in case you missed it. If I can get it, there we go. Ready to go, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we made the decisions we thought were the right decisions for our team and um, some based on depth, some based on just wanting to get guys opportunities to, you know, get in there. And I always think it's good for backs to carry the ball in the preseason, you know, and, you know, it, there's a lot of things that happen when you're getting tackled and hit that you can't simulate in practice. So um, I think all our guys had the ball tonight. All our, all our guys either caught it or. Um, or, you know, were handed the ball and had to get, you know, tackled. And, um, you know, we can't really simulate that or rep that in practice. <clears throat> there you go. I mean, it's pretty simple. I don't know why there's so many questions on or, or, or subligate. Here, people are making assumptions based on the fact that the guy played. I've seen fans angry, call McDaniel stupid. I mean, I don't understand what it is that you think's going on here. We know the writing's on the wall. He didn't get a fifth-year option. If you listen to this show, you know Mo has said many times, and I have said as well, we don't believe he'll be in the Raiders uniform next year. So what do you do? For $2.1 million, you have a hell of a bargain. You have a guy who can run the ball. He's a very good player, okay? So, Mo, they got to get him out there. They have to get him game ready. Part of the Raiders' problem has been discipline and focus, and that's what they're having him do. Absolutely. And the other point is that if they had picked up his fifth year option, I believe it would have been about eight million. So I, I don't think Josh Jacobs just wanted to pay that dollar amount for a running back. So you have to look at not just the player, but the money involved. And I think that's what the decision was based on the financials, not so much of we're just trying to get Josh Jacobs out of the way because people have been asking me over the past few days. Do you think Josh Jacobs is going to be in a Raider uniform next year? And, and we have a whole year. And if we learned anything from last season is that anything can happen between the course of the season and among the course of the season. So let's just wait. But I think with Josh Jacobs, it's all going to come down to dollar amount. If he has, and I use this example, I don't think he's going to run for 1,200 or 1,100 yards. But let's say he runs for 1,100 yards. He's probably going to price his way out of Vegas because he'll probably be able to get a better deal with another playoff contending team. Now, if he has an average to below average year and he has to settle for less money, it's a better chance that he comes back with the Raiders next year because, again, as you just mentioned, he is still a pretty good back. I tweeted this. Mm -hmm. I cannot name 12 running backs better than Josh Jacobs right now in this league. Two years over 1,065 yards. He can also get you touchdowns in the red zone if he just stays healthy. Yes, and, and you mentioned it earlier, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here, and that is – we have media, and I say new media mostly, so these are people online, including here on this channel, if you're watching on YouTube. These are good people. They make great content. I don't begrudge anybody, anyone, for making a buck. And if you're driving the algorithms and you're spending the time, and we've seen a lot of content producers who do mostly YouTube. I mean, they're YouTube stars, right? They drive all kinds of watchers, and, and God bless you for doing it, but... They also feed on this stuff because you know what? If you can put into YouTube, Josh Jacobs traded question mark with an image with a thumbnail that calls attention to that. Guess what's going to happen? People are going to click on it. 
And so, yes, this is what has fostered this. But I'm here to tell you, Mo and I are not YouTube fanatics. And, and you know, we have a little channel here. We do pretty well with it. We're growing. We're fine growing slowly because we're an Odyssey podcast, and that's where our focus is. But I will tell you, fans, don't just click on everything and think it's true, okay? Remember reliable sources. Remember what logically makes sense for this team. And, Mo, you talked about Zamir White. A lot of fans on that wagon, as they should be. We knew when he was drafted. We talked about it. Quality young back. He could be a guy who, if he puts in the work, fits in well, especially in this system, he could be a long-term solution as one of the solutions. But again, Mo, this system, remind people about how Josh McDaniels uses his backs because you're not going to have the traditional bell cow uh, uh, running back. Right. You, you may have a feature back that gets 12 to 15 carries per game, but I don't think any running back on this roster this year or next year is going to surpass, you know, 210 carries, may barely get over 200 if that. But, you know, different backs are going to get the football. Three or four guys are going to touch the football. So I wouldn't worry about who's the starter and how many carries they're going to get. It's can the run game be effective with the with the room that you have? And I think, and I said this on Twitter, I think between Josh Jacobs and Zamir White, the Raiders have a really good one-two punch there. So why would you want to trade one of those guys? Keep them both, have a strong running back duo, and then you have Drake and possibly Brandon Bolden to fill in the gaps there. So this is just standard again. This is standard operation for Josh McDaniels. He's gonna he's gonna rotate backs. Different guys are gonna see the football. He may even ride the hot hand in some games where Jameer White may get the most carries one week. Drake may get the most carries another week. Who knows? But that's the that's the of having a good rotation is that you don't have to depend on one guy. So if one guy goes down, you can tighten the ranks and still get spread the ball up between three backs and have a good ground attack. Absolutely. And after watching the game for the second time. Uh, and including the first two quarters a third time, um, I will tell you, Raider fans need to worry about other things. They don't need to worry about running backs, okay? What they need to worry about is the offensive line, okay? We talked about it last time. We said we had to watch it a little more, and we have. Oh, by the way, before I continue, rest of today's show, because we just went, Mo. We went 100 miles an hour from the beginning. On today's show, uh, Josh Kamenite from Raider Dad, an amazing charity, a young charity, and I'm always blown away by how much you and Raider Nation do. This community gets together and does so many wonderful things. It just blows my mind, and Josh is going to be on to talk about Raider Dad in the second segment, and then some guy from Vegas, Kelly Kreiner or somebody like that, he's going to come in and he's going to talk about how I had the best fantasy draft. Uh, for the Silver and Black Today <laughs> Fantasy League. Not really, but close. Um, so we're going to talk about the fantasy stuff at the end of the show, uh, but that's it. But, Mo, as I was making the point, don't worry about running back. Worry about the right side of the offensive line. Okay, we watched the tape. You watched the game again. Uh, Brandon Parker was as bad as I thought he was. Uh, I defended him early in the game. I thought he had some good moments early on but then he just kind of lost it. What was your assessment of him playing on the left side? And by the way, Josh McDaniels, when asked about him playing on the left side, if it had any impact, said in, in, on this team, you're going to have to play multiple positions, so that shouldn't have an impact. Yeah, absolutely, and I wrote about that in my piece on Sports Knot, and I think it was Vic Taper of The Athletic who asked the question. And, and as you said, Josh McDaniels basically said, well, we understand where – he didn't say this, but paraphrasing – yeah, he played. He practiced at right tackle. He played at left tackle, but that shouldn't affect his performance as much as it, as it did mm. on Thursday in Thursday night's game. So he's got he's got to pick it up, 
or else I, just, I originally said that it wouldn't affect his race at right tackle. But I, what I will say is that the Raiders should go out and get a right tackle. I wrote that in the piece on sports, not that that game, if it highlighted anything negative, it showed that the Raiders definitely need to bring in another tackle, whether that's the guy that's going to compete with Parker and Alex Edwards to start or some veteran insurance, but they need to address that position. They now, may wait until after they make some cuts, but they need to do it. Now, didn't didn't you mention somebody at one time that they should go sign that's still on the street? I'm not sure, but I think I think a guy named Daryl <laughs> Williams might be yes. available. But I, really quick, I will say a lot of Raider fans have uh, tweeted at me and said Daryl Williams signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the wrong Daryl Williams. That's Daryl Williams with two R's. There are two Daryl Williams. <laughs> Daryl Williams with one R is the is the guy the Raiders should sign. Daryl yes. Williams with two R's is the guy that signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just want to clear that up. Yes, yes. So so there's no question they need they need the help. And now some of the beat writers, I think, as you mentioned, Vic earlier asking that question, Vic also said, hey, I think you tweeted after the game, it's time for them to go get a veteran. I think it was a story, actually. Um, yeah. And yep. and so so people are seeing that. And it's 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 the one glaring issue on that offense. There's just no question. And so you have to go do it now. Alex Leatherwood was a mixed bag. I thought Alex Leatherwood at times looked good at other times. Couldn't move his feet. His handwork was bad at times. But there were flashes there. Mo, what do you think about his progress? What did you like about what he did against the Jaguars? And what didn't you like? A lot of lot to unpack here. And this is why I don't like to have strong opinions right after the game. I actually watched right. Alex Leatherwood again before I came on the show with you. And I give him a B- minus if I were to grade him. I want to Fair. start with the next. Fair. Now, now, in fairness, he did have help. There were times where you could see Foster Moreau come in and chip before he runs out on a route, so he did have some help there in pass protection. There are times where it looked like he just went low to cut out a, a defender's legs just to avoid giving up a pressure, so I saw <laughs> that. There were times where he had help with double or maybe triple teams on his side of the line. Now, I will say he was going against Dwayne Smoot, who's no bum, 17 and a half sacks over the last three years, so he had decent competition just wasn't some third string backup he was going against so he had solid competition there on a positive note i will say i think he did really well in run blocking i think his run blocking is excellent except but really good i think that was the key part of his game that i noticed that he either made strides or he's pretty solid he can hold his own as a run blocker in a run game so if anything the raiders Ground attack should be improved if they have Leatherwood out there because he can hold his own in, in that fashion. But again, with the pass protection, I would worry about him against guys like TJ Watt, Cameron Jordan, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, guys you're going to see this season. If he's going up against an elite pass rusher, I'm a little worried. But if he's going against an average pass rusher, he can get a little help from Foster Moreau or a chipping tight end, he'll be fine. But I, what I will say is in watching him and watching the game, I thought Jermaine Illuminar did a good job on both yeah. sides of the line. I think if Alex Leatherwood is not the starter, if Brandon Parker is not the starter, I wouldn't mind plugging in Jermaine Illuminar in there because, again, he has played right tackle under Josh McDaniels in New England, so his, his, his position is not foreign to him. He can hold his own there in that, in that spot. Well, and I think that's what we got from the comments both after the game and then in the press conference the day after the game that Josh McDaniels gave to the media was that they're going to play whoever they play. They're not worried about where you're drafted they're not worried about what your name is. They're going to put the best guys out there that they can. And I agree with you about Illuminar. Um, back to back to Leatherwood, though. I mean, at times, Mo, I was I was struck, and maybe I just fixated too much. His handwork—it was like me at the seafood buffet. It was just terrible. It was just 
it was choppy and it was a gra- I, I couldn't understand it if it was the speed and he was not he was trying to catch up so he was grabbing um but it just looked really sloppy and this really surprised me and we talked a few weeks ago about all the off work all the off-season training Leatherwood had done and that's what worries me the most is you know the guy gets beat or if it's if he's a little slow or something this early in the preseason with this first preseason game you kind of understand it but some of the fundamentals with the footwork with the handwork just seems to not be there still yeah, and I go back to the offseason when a Vic Tafer or the Athletic again asked this question about his handwork. Does he need to be more violent with his hands? And he said, I need to know where to put my hands. Right. And as you observe, he still needs work. Then I'm sure they're going to work with him, continue to work with him on that. But it, a fundamental like that, if you can't get that down packed, then you're not going to start at tackle in the NFL because guys are going to be able to key in on that. So we'll see if he can clean that up against the Vikings on Sunday. Um, that's something that I'm going to be looking at. I'm also going to be looking at, are they still going to give him help on his side of the line? Because in during the regular season, when you have Darren Waller out there and you want Darren Waller to run a complex route, he may not be able to chip as long as a Foster Moreau in a preseason game. So he's going to be, he's going to have to be able to hold his own by himself on an Island before he gets to the regular season. All right. So there you go. What else did you see? What else stuck out in rewatching the tape for me? As well, again, Stidham was really impressed with him. Um, I was the night of the game when we did the post-game show. But in re-watching it, I was just struck by his poise. He obviously knows the offense really well because he spent years in it under under Josh McDaniels. Uh, but, but I really like what I saw out there. He limited the mistakes, too. There was nothing um, close to a mistake that could have created a turnover that you worry about with a backup. What was your take on him when you rewatched the game? Yeah, I think he's he's pretty much put himself in the lead for that primary backup job. I know we both like Nick Mullins because of his experience, but from what I saw in that preseason game, Jared Stern really did well for himself and, and boosted his stock. Back to the offensive line, though. Um, mm. Something that a lot of people aren't talking about. The offensive line didn't have one penalty that game. Not one. And, and Not we, one on we, an offensive lineman. Remember we asked Mostradamus about that before yeah, the game? And, I thought, and you yeah, thought, and oh I yeah, thought it's part of the were, preseason. It's going to be part of the preseason. You're going to get some sloppiness. Now, there was a bumble snap between Nick Mullins and Andre James. That's going to happen. But I think it's encouraging to see that there were no holding and or or false start penalties. Again, we talked about mental errors this season with this coach's staff and Josh McDaniels coming in and making guys run laps. I think that's translated at least first uh, preseason game that they had against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And And McDaniels talked about that after the game, too, because, of course, he said, yeah, there were some good things, some bad things. But he went right to, but this team looked focused. They stayed on task. They knew where they were going. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing in watching, um, even in the second half where, where there were more mistakes, um, these guys are all going to where they're supposed to be. I think I mentioned that post game too. That's what impressed me, Mo, was the fact that these guys, you know, under John Gruden, even last year, you saw guys just didn't seem to be in the right spot, right? We saw it a lot with Jonathan Abram. He was in the right spots, didn't always make the right play or the best play, but he was in the spot to make the play, which is the first step. I mean, it's early in the preseason. Did you notice that? Yeah, and I think there's a balance. Um, I think there's two school of thoughts when it comes to the preseason. You rest your starts because you don't want anybody to get hurt, and I think that's the route that John Gruden took, so I understand that. But I think Josh McDaniels looks at it as, look, 
we have some young guys who could possibly start. They need the reps. They need the experience. They need the snaps so that we're not sloppy come week one, week two, week three. And we don't want to go down one and two, oh, and three, oh, and four. So let's get these guys these snaps. Yes, is a risk because they can get hurt. But at least if these guys make it out of the exhibition play and get to the regular season, they'll be like, they'll play like well oiled machines. They won't have the mistakes that we would have to work out in a normal preseason game. So I think as long as guys don't get hurt, people won't be calling Josh McDaniels stupid for playing his starters in the preseason. Now, if a guy goes down, he's going to get criticism. I'm sure he's aware of that, but he's doing it his way, and I think it's fine for right now. No doubt. Um, also, I got to give you credit, and, and of course, uh, I, I'm biased because, as I told people the last show, my daughter went to Arizona State. Darian Butler uh, led the team in tackles uh, during the game. Looked really good. I watched him on second and third um, time around. And boy, man, I got to give you credit where credit is due. He has been, and now I'm seeing other sites, by the way, pick up on the Darian Butler. So kudos to you, Mo. But man, this kid really, really shows out well. And I think they're going to need him. So it's it's a big, big get. And you talk about draft gems, uh, but you talk about an undrafted guy, right? The Raiders had trouble drafting people in high rounds the last few years. Now they get an undrafted guy. To me, when you look at him and how he played, even in this it's first game, I understand it. You look at him and you're like, how did this guy not get drafted? Yeah, I think it goes back to what he did before his last year at Arizona State. I wrote about this plenty of times. I believe he dropped 10 to 15 pounds. A lot lighter, of course. Some people say he undersized because I believe he's barely six feet tall, 220-something pounds. But it allows him to move around the field and be quick to the football, as you saw on, on tape against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday. And that's, that was the, what I keyed in on a lot of my columns with him is that, yeah, his first few years in Arizona State didn't really stand out. But that last year, when he shed some weight, he looked like a different player. And I think that's going to help him get on the roster again. Because if you can dart to the football and be in on all the action, that's going to get you a spot on special teams. Now, it does help him that Micah Kaiser is on IR. Mm -hmm. So now there's a, there's a free spot open. You can get in over Kenny Young, who hasn't played a lot of special teams in recent years, and get behind Jayon Brown, Devon Diablo, and Denzel Perryman to get a spot at the linebacker position. So I think it's, it's, it's his for the taking. If he continues to show out, I think he makes a 50-man roster. There you go. I'm thinking he will, too. Well, that's the fastest 20 minutes in Raider Nation right there as Mo and I go through kind of our uh, Josh Jacobs rants and a little bit of revisiting the preseason game against the Jaguars and our takeaways on the offensive line. We are going to step aside for a break. When we come back from that break, we're going to talk to Josh, Josh Kamenite from Raider Dad. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Scott Branson and Mo Moten with you here Appreciate you guys being with us. And one of the things that Mo and I always talk about is just the remarkable nature of Raider Nation, of the fans and the people that make up Raider Nation. And we have Murph uh, on our show from Raiders Fan Radio. Of course, he's involved with the, the one, Raider One Foundation and what they do for the Fred Bolitnikoff Foundation. We talked to him about that in the post game. But there's lots of other things going on out there, Mo, and I'm really excited to uh, bring on this gentleman as well as we look at other things happening in the community. And so we bring in now uh, Josh Kamenite. Josh Kamenite is uh, with Raider Dad. He founded Raider Dad just a month ago. I mean, this thing has taken off like you would not believe. In uh, the organization's uh, purpose is to help inspire the kids of Raider Nation, help, help kids dealing with uh, tough obstacles and challenges in their life, Take them to a game, get them out, let them escape reality a little bit. But I'm going to let Josh tell you about it. Josh, thanks for being with us here on Silver and Black today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, that's right. We just started a month. We weren't really sure the type of impact, you know, in response that we were going to get. But within a month already, uh, we've already been able to families with the opportunity to join us at the first preseason game with the Vikings. So uh, some really cool stuff going on so far. Yeah. And we'll talk about the game coming up on, on Saturday that you bring in the families to and the tailgate you're going to have out in lot, lot J as well. But let's start with kind of the genesis of this. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what, what gave you this idea, obviously being a Raiders fan and knowing how strong Raider nation supports each other. Um, you, you figured you'd get the support, but tell us a little bit about why. I have my own season tickets to create a tradition, like the old, old school way of going to the, to the game with your son for opener. Some people just do that or, you know, multiple games a year. And what I was seeing when I was taking my son, you know, he, I'm, and he, he wasn't really understanding football at the time. He's picked up the game and you just see the, the liking with the Raiders, you know, when we were driving by the stadium now, he's asking, you know, when are we going to the game? Uh, you know, when's the next 
just see the impact with my son. And I realized that a lot of kids don't really have this opportunity because, you know, kid, if you have, you know, two other kids, it's, it's a lot of money for, yeah. to provide for your family. And, uh, this was just came up with to give back to the kids. And at the same time, you know, we're building up the younger generation of greater nations. So, uh, that's where you can see it started on a Facebook page and it just took off. So it's some great stuff so far. So, so Josh, just as you mentioned, you just started a month ago. Now, usually with things like this, it's usually not one person doing everything. So I, I, I don't want to assume, but is it a one-man army or do you have a team behind you doing this? Like, how is it being put together behind the scenes? <laughs> so initially, I just created a Facebook page and uh, I came across the lady and her husband and she owned it. Her name's Stella and uh, Stella Lakely. And uh, she just gravitated to, you know, the idea in the brain. And she's been on top of everything. So she's actually helping me provide the, the tailgate aspect of this. Kept going, you know, we're getting, I'm getting people calling me every day, messaging me, like, how can I help? You know, what are you guys planning on doing? To turn this into a, like a legit organization this is no longer just a facebook group but you know a kind gesture like this is a little has legs to it and who knows you know what it's gonna lead to in you know regular season games yeah and and it's amazing because i know we just heard this week that allegiance stadium to go see a raider game is third or fourth i think most expensive in the nfl so it goes to your point about hey if you got a family uh, it's going to be hard to get kids out there. And and Mo, even we were talking before the show, and Mo, where he grew up in New York City, you know, it was it was difficult. It was hard to get to a game, almost impossible for a lot of people, and for a lot of kids today it is as well. Um, that side of it's one thing, but then the whole idea of, you know, kids that are facing challenges and they just need a break, and, and this gives them an opportunity to, you know, experience something where they get to see their heroes, the guys that they watch every Sunday. Um, tell us a little bit about that and what, what kind of kids are we are you dealing with there with the organization and what they're doing? So initially, we didn't have good connections with like nonprofit organizations. So we basically just let people bring nominations to us, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was a friend, a coworker, or just somebody they knew on Facebook, they would nominate a kid, they would bring them to me, I would set up an interview, you know, we would discuss some things and you know, see, you know, what some of these kids are dealing with, whether it was a, you know, something going on in their, their home life or medical, medical condition. But we also wanted to, you know, expand it a little bit, you know, whether it was a kid doing something good in the community, uh, we're real big into youth organizations and athletics. So those are the type of things that we're looking at, even some type of bullying we're trying to get along in, you know, to protect against it. Uh, so those are the kind of things you're going to see uh, August the 14th. Speaking of the kids, I just wanted to touch on a, on a story that kind of got me choked up as I was reading it on your Facebook page. <laughs> I just want you to share the story about the incident with, uh, Devontae Adams throwing a ball to, I believe it was Benny on her birthday, and uh, I believe uh, an adult took the ball, and there was just an outpouring of 
help within within the Raider Nation community. And me and Scott are up here a lot, and we talk about how we get sometimes we get the angry part of social media. But just talk about that story about the positives effect and how how you change that girl's day and kind of turn the negative into a positive. So that's this is where I love Raider Dad because when you look at the Raiders, you look at bigger organizations. They don't really, I mean, like they have a connection with the fans, but for me, I have a connection with a a fan base that, you know, connected to their Facebooks, their Instagrams. I'm able to catch the story before it even goes mainstream to the news, the Raiders at times, or somebody can bring the story to me. So I was actually out of town and I came across it and I was following it when I got back to my hotel room. I reached out to this lady because I, you know, I'm familiar with her parents and, you know, I talk to them every so often and I knew she was real big into what I started a month ago. And I wanted this, you know, because there's always two sides of the story. She tells me, you know, it's her birthday. She went to training camp all excited. Devontae Adams actually tossed the ball to her. And unfortunately, she wasn't able to catch it. And, uh, the guy took the ball and you know i mean it you know i guess it's understandable but like you know the kid's birthday it was going to her but uh you know she was really upset and i was and i told her like i have a uh hunter renfo autograph photo that i want to give to your daughter you know there's no uh you know recognition or anything you can say it's from you uh we're just trying to you know change this moment for your daughter and uh you know, she, she, it went on to Twitter. The Raiders got involved in it. She got a ball from Derek Carr. And, you know, then she ended up on the news and, you know, gave us a shout out. So, you know, we appreciate that. But that's not what it was for, you know. We were right. just trying to help this girl out. Well, and that's the thing, doing the right thing, which is what your organization is about, too. And I think that you know, I've had that experience with the Raiders, actually. we Mo and I know somebody who had an issue, and we let the Raiders know about it, and they took care of it. My good friend Brian passed away, lifelong Raider fan. They sent a letter to his funeral, um, crediting him with being a Raider fan and condolences to his family. So the organization has been great and, and will do those types of things because that you're right. That relationship between them and the fans is just a different one than other ones. Their other teams do great things with their fans, don't get me wrong. It's just a different thing. But Josh, too, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, with this is is the fact that so much of what this is, has been is you wrangling folks, PSL holders, season ticket holders, who, who are giving up their seats for this game. Um, talk about the response that you've had from those folks. That's you know, I know it's preseason right now, and you might even have opportunity during the regular season, uh, but that's expensive seats, and the fact that these people are willing to step up, up and do that shows, again, Raider Nation supporting Raider Nation. Yeah, for me, you just really see what, you know, how close Raider Nation can be and how if you have, a you know, something good to rally around, everybody's getting involved. You know, I know a lot of PSL holders and fans in general. And as soon as I brought it to him, you know, every, you know, I was expecting maybe two to four families be helped for the whole year, but within a week or two, we're, we're talking 20, 30. Now we're at 46 families coming 46. August wow. of going. And, you know, I, I acknowledge this couldn't have been done, you know, only me. It's not like I'm, 
providing 46 on my own. There's a lot of help that goes into this. Uh, it's just remarkable where we're at already and, you know, where this can go. It, it's, I think it's crazy to me. Josh, tell me where people, if they want to go, they go to the Facebook group, right? If they want to donate, if they want to be involved, if they want to come out and support you in, in Lot J on Saturday, is that, is that what they need to do? So anybody that wants to get involved, first, all, all we're asking people, you know, get the word out, because once we get the word out, we're going to be, there's the number of families that we can help is just unlimited at this point. And uh, we do have, we do accept donations for tickets. Uh, we do have some platforms set up if you would like to, you know, gift a child another experience uh, with Venmo, uh, Cash App, other platforms like, like that. But uh, we're just asking everybody, come see it for yourself. You know, it's great to read about it and, you know, see different things on our social media platforms. But when you're there, we're inviting everybody to come out, see it live for yourself. And you can see the impact, you know, that we're already having and what's about to happen. That's awesome. Josh Kamenite with Raider Dad. Make sure you go check out the Facebook group there. Join up, help out. And Josh, we'll, we'll check back with you. We, we, anything we can do, anytime you want to send us information about what you're doing, you know Mo and I are down and we're going to help you guys because we believe strongly in what you're doing. And kudos to you and everyone else who's helping for getting this thing up and going so fast and for helping out the kids of Raider Nation, developing that next generation of Raider Nation is huge. Kudos to all of you guys. Thank you for having us. Hopefully you can join us someday. Absolutely. We would love that. Absolutely. All right. There you go. Josh Kamenite, Raider Dad. Check out the Facebook page. That is just killer, uh, Mo. I mean, amazing in a month. That just goes to show you the power of the community. And I always talk about Raider Nation not as a fan base, but as a culture and a true family community. And this, again, proves that. Absolutely. And, and that's why I brought the whole social media aspect of this, because, as I said, sometimes we don't get the best of social media when we're online because of our jobs <laughs> and our careers. But it goes to show that there are still good people out there doing great things. And Josh Kamenai is one of those people. And I support him in that J-Lot takeover. And mm -hmm. I hope he he's able to take a bunch more family season games, because, as I said, too, I didn't have those opportunities as a kid. So to see someone else do it in another community, it's a great thing. It is. And if you're out there and you're a PSL holder, season ticket holder, if you have tickets to a game that you're not going to use, you know, again, get in touch with Josh via that Facebook page and uh, help out Raider Dad. Pretty killer stuff. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to close out the show learning how Mo might just not be the <laughs> fantasy dynasty builder that everybody thinks he is. Or maybe he is. I don't know. We'll take a look. We'll review the grades of the draft. We'll talk trash to one another uh, as Kelly Kreiner jumps in and joins us as well. All right, we're going to step aside. Silver and Black Today podcast here on the Odyssey Network. Don't go anywhere. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, 
Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you. It's time to talk fantasy football. It's time to talk about who might win our league. Yes, it's the four of us from the show, myself, Mo, Kelly Kreiner, and our producer, David Stepanian. And we held our draft on Saturday. And let's just say that uh, there was a lot of talk and I don't know about you, Kelly, but uh, we're going to go through some grades here. But I, I, I was the one that was going to do the worst, and I seem to have done the best. And now Kelly freezes, and we can't hear him. Yeah. <laughs> there can he you, is. Oh, can you hear me now? I can hear you. My thing here just keeps kind of uh, flickering on and off. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. but Yahoo grades don't really matter because Yahoo grades fall. So the better you do on that, the worse you actually do in fall. It's true. Oh. But see, but see, here's the thing. It, it's always the people who don't grade well that say the grades don't matter. Now, if the grades mattered, then um, you would have been ranked highly. Then they would have mattered, right? Because... That's what I find about that is the grades don't matter unless you would have come out on top or Mo would have come on top or someone else might have come on top. That's what that's it just seems to me like it's a little bit of sour grapes. Actually, if you go back in the text chain between the three of <laughs> and it's about how Yahoo doesn't win you anything because their grades are so bad. That's true. That's true. I've but got the let's... receipts. Okay, well, so so let's just for the for the for the listener's sake, we're gonna go over real quick. I have some um, um, uh, boards here to show people the grades. This is the Yahoo grades, but but I didn't stop at Yahoo because I knew you were going to say that. So if we look at this is the Yahoo grades, which Kelly said are not reliable, and let's just go along with that and say that's true. Um, Slow Jam James, uh, who actually we all agreed had a good draft, followed by me, yeah. followed by Rossi the Aussie from Down Under uh, with a B. And then you got Mo down there, a few more. And then Kelly is, where are you? Oh yeah. C report card. <laughs> Evan Neal before Zod is the name of his team. If you know, uh, the Superman movie, that's, that's, but, but this is the report card as of now. Now I would say guys that overall, I felt that all of the players, the, our listeners, all of you guys, um, uh, did pretty well. I mean, considering, uh, who we had to deal with and and what was happening there, I thought we did we did pretty well. Everybody, considering I was you know put out to lose and sabotage from the from the onset of things, <laughs> uh, I think Here I managed. My, I think I sh I think I should get an A minus just because I was put way behind the starting line. You all got to start the starting line. I was five yards behind the starting line, picking twelfth. 
and still crushed a draft. That's kudos to me, by the way. Yeah, and and sorry, Kelly, we got your face kind of cut off on the video because we're have for some reason both our guests from Las Vegas today have had issues with internet, uh, but we we can hear you, Kelly. So what do you have to say in rebut to to uh, in rebuttal to Mo? Explain, explain yourself, Kelly. I got a C draft grade, and I didn't draft a tight end. That just shows how good <laughs> my draft actually was, because there's three. And I wasn't going to draft a kicker either, but as you guys know, I was actually at work when the draft went on, and the computer auto-drafted my kicker. But I, I was going to draft either one of those, pick up an extra position player, wait the three weeks till the season starts. If anybody gets hurt, I have a backup, or they lose it. Like, I, you know, then drop whoever doesn't do anything and pick up those spots. My, yeah, I don't have a complete team right. But also, I have extra position players that may amount mm. to something a little more important than a kicker or a defense. Yes, and and that's the thing too. I, I wanted to though. I, I I checked in with our friends at Fantasy Pros, so because Yahoo's not reliable, and look at that. They have somebody named Gully as the number one team overall, <laughs> with Rossi number two. And Mo, or Mo, this this is where you fell in the rankings to seven behind Kelly. You guys like these rankings better? I, I find it interesting that Fantasy Pros didn't like Slow Jams James draft as much as Yahoo did. So I was I, too. I'm just pointing that out. But I will say about Kelly's roster. One thing I will say about him, and he and he said this before the draft. He said, you know, if you're not first, you're last. So he, you may see some weird things. You're gonna see some heavy swings. And I actually like what Kelly did with his running backs, getting the rookie out of uh, Atlanta, Alger, mm-hmm. I believe it is, and then uh, Isaiah Spiller. Those two guys could have a big role this year. I think the Atlanta back could be the lead back. They're talking about him as a possible bell cow in Atlanta. And as we all know, Austin Eckler has never been a workhorse back. Now, he can't catch out of the backfield, but he's not going to get a whole bunch of carries. So Isaiah Spiller could have a pretty good role there. So I like what Kelly did with his running backs. And, of course, Travis Etienne, uh, James Robinson coming off of, I believe, Achilles injury. He could have a big role. So I, I give kudos to Kelly on that. He, he had a really good plan for his running backs. Yeah, and you're seeing now on the screen uh, a breakdown of Kelly. This has the Yahoo Gray. There's Kelly. He's actually moving, too, in video. This is good. I'll get him on in a second. Um, but if you look at Kelly's team, what surprised me was they ranked his best pick as Sky Moore. Now, as a kid, I like actually Kelly, uh, but Sky Moore, tell us what you saw on him because Yahoo obviously loved that you picked him. Well, basically, I mean, if you look at how bad the wide receivers are for the Kansas City Chiefs outside of <laughs> the stud, but like Marquez Valdez Scanlon dropped two deep balls in ten passes in a ten play drive the other day. That's what he does better than it. Schuster's trash. And um, <laughs> I mean, Sky Moore's probably going to be the lead, this number two receiver out besides Travis Kelsey, last pick in the draft. Regardless of what, like he he will have a role and he will have a position in an offense that is needing to fill the yards. Yeah. Well, and Kelly, the other thing I'm going to bring up here, if you can see the screen, I know it's really small there. If you're less, if you're watching it on like an iPad, running the damn video like I am, um, is that they they highlight here how difficult your first half is. And I think you said something in our group text last night 
to this effect, saying like if you got through the first half of the season, you'd be okay. Um, is that? I mean, that's tough, isn't it? You 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 have like one of the toughest schedules earlier on in the season, but you're going to stream a lot of guys, right? And and it's we drafted very early in our league, to be honest. So you have opportunities now between now and the end of the preseason to pick up some some help if you need it. Yeah, well, the tight end, like I said, I don't have a tight end, but I always stream tight. If I don't get one of the top. That's okay. Moore's, end, Moe's got like so four I've, of them, I think. Well, I mean, I, I offered him a kicker for a tight end the other day. He didn't seem too interested. Like I, I don't care about a tight end. I didn't get one of the top four. They're all a crap shoot anyway. So I'll wait three weeks, see what happens. There's a chance I might just go without a tight end for week one. If uh, <laughs> if it works out, one of my position players on my bench I want to drop, I'll play without a tight end for a week and see what happens. I don't care. You know what? There's yeah. Like there's, I said. The, there's four solid ones sitting right out there anyway. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you already know probably. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, I, you're not going to be hurt by tight end. I never am. I'm sure you're not either. Yeah. There's 30 starting tight ends in the league. There's 12 people in our league. If you got, like I said, if you guys want to fill up, take a bunch of those guys. Yeah. Fine. I'll, like I said, I'll stream whoever I have to each week. I'll, I'll have a different one every week. If I have to, I don't care because the tight end positions, those top four or five guys, it's really not something I worry about as a fantasy football player. By the way, the other thing that I got from Fantasy Pros, uh, Mo, I know you'll jump in here. I'll give you an opportunity. Uh, were the power rankings that they had, and they had they had me as number one. Did you hear that? Me as number one, uh, with a perfect score of a hundred. By the way, well, you had the that. first pick in the draft. They're obviously going <laughs> to love your draft. You got the best player. Yeah, but look, my strength, my strength by position, tight end was number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because your so, second pick was a tight end. Yeah, but, Good job. but go, go ahead, Mo. I, I just, El, Scott, if you if you don't make the playoffs, we need to <laughs> replay this show. Yeah, and scold all of all of the all of the analysts who who loved your draft. If Agreed. You don't make the, if you don't make the playoffs, because you you should, as Kelly said, with the first pick in the draft, you should be in there. Yes, I agree. Now, let's look at some of the other teams because I don't want it just to be talking about us because we have listeners involved and we can't get to every team with the time we have. But one draft that we all agreed that we liked was Slow Jam James, um, who got an A- minus from Yahoo uh, here. McCole Hardman as one of his top picks. Um, man, I thought he was really balanced. He's the guy who, when he sent his video in, when he got selected for the league, was in the first come first serve, guys. He was the one with the championship belt and the big old championship ring. Uh, and now we kind of know why, because uh, James knows what he's doing. He really balanced out the draft well. Uh, and and if you look at his top players, he got three uh, running backs that are just freaking solid with Mixon, Eckler, and um, um, what's his name down in Arizona? So, so there you go. I mean, he's a tough one. I mean, I, I Rossi's a number two. We're going to get to Rossi's team in a minute. But I think Rossi and James, to be honest, looking at those two guys' teams, pretty stellar. James probably upset because Kelly just crapped all over Juju Smith-Schuster as his starting wide receiver. But <laughs> um, I will say... I will say slow jam, James. I really did. I liked what he did with his draft. Um, I think he's a playoff team. You point him out. I think Rossi, though, I think he's definitely going to have a playoff team. Rossi's roster, to me, super stacked. I told him that on Twitter. I told him that doesn't mean you're going to win, 
the league, <laughs> but you'll, you you give yourself a puncher's chance. Kelly, what do you think? Uh, you look at those two uh, listeners and their teams. Who do you like there? Well, I think it's kind of unfair that Rossi was drafting from the future. <laughs> he may have had more information he drafted on a Saturday and he drafted on a Sunday. Yeah, but, um, but, but, but he was at his daughter's soccer game, so... <laughs> Oh, my gosh, Kelly. They said, like, uh, slow champ James, they said his best pick was McCall Hardman. I know, Nobody in fantasy wants McCall Hardman on their team. Great pick. (laughs) No, no, nobody wanted him. He went to, like, that's the problem with these rankings and all this. None of that stuff matters, man. It it does it. It's but it's fun for the show. Uh, and here's by the way, here's Rossi's team, which is which is uh, called Carmageddon, and here's his report uh, as well. Man, he got that Kyler Murray pick for him. I mean, I had already had a quarterback, and people tend to take quarterbacks still too early. But I thought where he got him uh, was was absolutely stellar, Mo. That that he was able to get Kyler Murray that late in the draft. And at a time when he actually needed another quarterback. Yeah, the other thing is I'm a, I'm huge on Allen Robinson, as you all know. I think Allen yes. Robinson is going to have a bounce back here. That's assuming that Matthew Stafford's arm is okay because there were reports that you know he had some issues, but Sh- Sean McVay said he can now sleep after watching him practice. <laughs> I decided to stay away from from Matthew Stafford simply for that reason because you never know with a long season. But I think Allen Robinson was the pick that I liked that I wanted that that's on Rossi's roster that I wish he would trade to me for a kicker. Kelly thoughts on Rossi's uh, um, team drafted in the future. (laughs) No, he definitely, he does have a good team. Uh, The Matthew Stafford Mm -hmm. stuff, like Bo said, that kind of dealt with this all of last year. So they don't think it's going to be a problem. It's like, yeah, because there's no after playing a full football season or hurled elbows, not going to get, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> but no, yeah, he had a good team. Like I said, I, I was I was looking at Allen Robinson. I avoided him for that same reason. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's under protest because you know he was drafting from the future. <laughs> he certainly drafted like it. He <laughs> like he knew what was coming. Uh, now we look at the man of the hour, the the Vince Lombardi of fantasy football, Mo. Here's Mo's team. Uh, and if you looked at what he got, his most he got in his draft summary, you have to worry when the leading kudo is most improved and is Jameis Winston. <laughs> it should be Hall of Famer. That that was a surprise. That was a surprise in the draft. I I am so shocked that I wind up with Jameis Winston and he's not on Kelly's roster. That was, was a shock. Sh- I was shocked too. I was shocked. I'm a one quarterback person in fantasy. I only draft one (laughs) with it. Um, But yeah, it's, I I won't take up the roster space when I can fill it with somebody. Like I said, I've got receivers, bench guys. If somebody gets hurt in front of them, that value doubles. I'll take that when I can just stream a quarterback for the week or two. I need somebody. Yeah, and uh, you look at Mo. Here's here's where I think Mo's going to face a challenge. So you better be good, Mo. It says here that you have the third most difficult uh, schedule based on projected records. Of course, that's all guessed. And then uh, it also talks about in spite of um, having an unfilled wide receiver position in round six, you went with another running back. I don't I don't think that that's unexpected. I, I would always go with a running back first, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I always kind of lean toward running backs because you can stream wide receivers. A wide receiver goes down. A wide receiver yeah. usually pops up midseason. He's having a great year. You know, you pick him up off the line. But I will say a lot of people were critical of my wide receiver position with Amari Cooper there. And I will say that, let's say Deshaun Watson, uh, let's say the NFL wins their appeal and Deshaun Watson is suspended for maybe two more weeks. Let's say he's back after week nine. After week seven and nine, like Kelly, I'm thinking of it as I'm going to be a second half uh, team because if what's DeAndre Hopkins is going to come back after week seven. Mm -hmm. So then I can bump Cooper down to the flex position with DeAndre and McLaurin in my wide receiver spot. If Deshaun is back, then Cooper becomes a really good flex option because who else do they have out there in Cleveland besides Amari Cooper in the passing game? Uh, as you remember, Jarvis Landry is now in New Orleans. David Njoku, people are talking him up. But to me, he's underwhelmed. I know they extended him, but he just never lived. He's an athletic tight end who's never lived up to the hype. So it's Amari Cooper or nothing in the passing game in Cleveland. If Deshaun Watson is back, my wide receiver position is set. Well, we'll see how it all goes. All I know, Kelly, is Mo. I still have faith that he can make the playoffs, even though he's going to be 0-1 to start the season. Uh, as he plays uh, Gully's Gashers in week one. Um, well, that means he's going to be one in, after three weeks. He plays me in week three. <laughs> there you but go. I'll, I'll say Very one thing real quick. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's getting 12 games. And with their bye week, that means he's going to be out the first 13 weeks. Uh, that's my guess. Still kind of like the Amari Cooper pick where you got him. I mean, that wasn't too bad. I mean, the value yeah. on it wasn't too bad because there's no one else there to catch the football except for, you know, who knows well, where they're going to be. You know, they're probably going to get rid mm-hmm. of Dearness Johnson, I think, and keep Kareem Hunt. But Kareem Hunt wants to leave. Those That's more, more passes that are going to be going to somebody, and they're going to Cooper. Yep. yep. And see, that's the issue with being in a league with all Raiders fans, right? Because just like betting, and Kelly will tell you this, you don't bet with your heart. And fantasy football, the same thing. And I think, Mo, you were getting a little bit of hate because of Mari Cooper's Raider background, not because of him as a player and yep. in the situation he's in, because he's in the perfect situation for fantasy. Absolutely. Like Kelly said, he's going to get most of the targets, even yeah. if it's Jacoby Brissett. He, you know, he's it's him and David Bell and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, come on. Who? No competition there. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's going to be a fun season. And we were also... We'll bring on uh, folks from the league to our listeners. We're going to bring them on as well as we do these segments as games get rolling. We still have, obviously, several weeks. We're going to check in, though, again with Kelly next week to see what kind of movements there have been on rosters and, obviously, a fallout from injuries. and things. That's the one thing with drafting early, too, is injuries. You know, a team looks good. I like my team a lot right now, but in three weeks it could be crap again because of injuries, especially significant injuries. I invested mostly in the starters. My bench is pretty weak. So if if some of those guys go down, I'm I'm gambling that they don't. If they do, then I find myself in trouble. And I know Mo, you got something smart ass to say. Go ahead. Do, do you hear that? I that Kelly, that sounds like excuses to me you sound like john gruden after the <laughs> no, raiders lose no, a sir. running back lose their third string running back he's got some type of excuse oh it's covid oh we, we just, got injuries we, we got, just got heard, this we got that we just heard 10 minutes of you guys giving excuses about your team and you're telling me i'm giving uh, excuses i gave zero excuses for my team i heard nothing but excuses yeah, just did, now from you i didn't know excuses i didn't even get to talk about my t- yeah we did <laughs> um 
you, you know, you said you said that I said something about a second half team. I didn't say that. Mo did. There's oh. a chance in the second half of the season because the guys that I drafted. If you told me that seven of them were on injured reserve by week nine, I'd be like, yeah, make it happen. It also says here, Kelly, since 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 you got all uh, butthurt about uh, not talking more about your team, we'll talk about it. Um, it says here, too, that you're really young, that your team is young, which is interesting because yesterday we were chatting and you and you were talking about staying away from rookies. But you got a lot of young players, so you're betting on guys who might be flying a little under the radar, uh, but, but it was significant enough that they noted it in your draft notes. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of young players, so... Like age of those guys was going to be low because it does like early, like younger guys. Also, I love like right now when they're doing those projections, I'm going to have everybody has. They've got me all season with a zero at tight end. That's true. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> no, that might, but I don't, I don't see that happening, but yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, there you go. There is your fantasy update, and we'll we'll uh, we'll gear up. As you can tell, it'll be fun. I can't wait to guys to bring on one of the listeners to to talk trash with us on these shows as well. That's going to be fun. Uh, uh, bringing in a fourth person and and talking about that, and we'll have to do it after significant you know significant matchups, significant wins or losses or injuries, and we'll we'll bring those guys on and we'll have fun with them. But Kelly, man, thanks again. Any parting words? No, I just looked about a month from now. Um, this was by far the earliest I've ever drafted a fantasy football team. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was tough. I know. I, I do. I, I would say that uh, if we would have waited a couple weeks, it would have been fine. Although with some schedules and stuff, it was a, it was it was uh, troubling to be able to do that. We weren't going to be able to do it. So we got it done with. We'll see what goes on. Um, and again, another excuse from from somebody. That's not me. Uh, all right, Kelly. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Oh, that, that wasn't an excuse. I think it makes it more fun because you have no idea what's going to happen to your team the next three weeks. That's true. We don't. We don't. It makes <laughs> it makes it makes it uh, even more uh, the, the build up towards the regular season even better. I 100 percent agree. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, man. All right. There you go. Kelly Kreiner talking fantasy football. Mo, mo, mo. I can't believe you said See, I we're not, excuses. You were using excuses. Was, Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I had no excuses for my team. I said, look, this is what I did and why I did it. Oh. And by the second half of the season, I will be crushing everyone in my pathway. Kelly, like I said, I like his roster. If, if one or two of his young bats pan out, he's he's going to be in the mix. Yes. But Rossi and Slow Jam James are the two guys I'm looking at to meet the playoffs. Also, I think you're going to make the playoffs as you should with the first mm. pick. You're gonna start off all one, but that's okay because I think you'll rebound after you'll rebound after the season opener, and then you'll you know you may go on a little roll there, but you know you're in the mix. So what? What? Yeah, we'll get as we get closer to game one, there will be some sort of wager between us, will there not? Oh, why not? Yes. Make it fun. That's my man. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And again, we're gonna get some of our listeners. Kudos to them. Really, everybody had a good draft. There was nobody in this league that was completely clueless. Every time I'm in a league, there's always one or two teams that are really bad. And most of us feed on that. And that's good. This league, nah, this league is going to be really competitive and we joke and we had fun with the grades. They don't really mean much at all. Uh, but, but it makes fun for entertainment. So we appreciate you guys joining us. Mo on Thursday, we will be back 
uh, with roster moves, news, if any. It's early. Probably won't see any, but we're hoping maybe an offensive lineman. Then the other thing we're going to dive deep on is Patrick Graham's defense. That's one thing we didn't really talk a ton about coming out of the preseason game, but I want to get into that, and I know you have strong opinions and observations from that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I also would just like to hope that guys are coming back healthy because there are a lot of defensive players that are out because of injuries or they were missing practices, so they didn't play last Thursday. So I'm hoping we get to see those guys Sunday against the Vikings. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we're also taking your questions. Yes, if you have questions for most Radamus, if you have questions about the Raiders, if you have questions about his food takes, if you have questions about um, the NFL. Fantasy football fantasy football as well you can ask me those with questions. the exclusion with the exclusion of questions. kelly and rossi <laughs> kelly and rossi no fantasy football questions no, for you no. guys everyone else send them in <laughs> uh but if you have your questions send them to mail at silverandblacktoday.com mail at silverandblacktoday.com mo and i are going to start dropping a mini show every week where we just go through your questions so just a quick hitter, three or four questions. If your question is highlighted on the show, you all get some free swag. You get a free show sticker. We will send it to you, so include your address. And then we'll pick one winner with the best question or a question that stumps Mo or makes him look foolish. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we will give you a free T-shirt, a show T-shirt. Yes, so get in your questions, mail at silverandblacktoday.com. And we will get to those every week as well. That'll be audio only. Won't be doing those on video. But uh, we'll probably include the question that won the T-shirt in every show uh, of that week on that Thursday. So make sure you drop us those questions. Anything else, Mo? I mean, um, there might be questions of young ladies who might want to get in touch. Or, you know, are we are we taking those questions or no? That, I mean, if you want to slide into the DMs, that's what that's for. <laughs> I mean, sometimes my DMs can be a little cluttered. If you yeah. can't get through the DMs and ask a question, all, all good. You know, oh, okay. Do it that's that way right. Too. I mean, being the Vince Lombardi of fantasy football, I'm sure you get a lot of DMs about fantasy football. When you're the Vince Lombardi of fantasy football, you know, women <laughs> dig fantasy football champions. They I'm do. I'm just saying. They do. They do. Absolutely. All right, so we, that is a recap of the show, and then we will be back with you on Thursday. Send in your questions, mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Follow Mo at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, Mo Moten. I am at LV Gully, and then follow Kelly as well at Rating the Draft, Rating the Draft uh, on Twitter, and you can get in on our fun fantasy football talk and Raider talk as well. All right, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbrands, and this has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Again, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe to the audio portion wherever you get your podcast. And thank you. And once again, be good to one another. And we'll talk to you next time.